0: Hi there. Today we will be discussing an ethical-based scenario and how nurses would respond to it. We will also briefly discuss the ANA's Code of Ethics and provisions for nurses and relate this back to the scenario. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to go ahead and read the scenario. Mr. Nelson, age 87, suffered a serious stroke. His wife, 65 years, keeps a constant vigil at his bedside. After four weeks, he remains unresponsive and develops pneumonia. He is being fed through a feeding tube and ventilated through a tracheostomy tube. Miss Nelson feels that agreeing to a DNR order is letting her husband down, but recognizes that he has no quality of life. How should the nurse counsel Miss Nelson? So McKenzie, we'll go ahead and start with you. Could you tell me what you think you would do in this situation and which of those nine ANA provisions helped you make this decision?
1: Yeah, so in this scenario, I thought that provision one would be most helpful for us. This states that the nurse will practice with compassion and respect for the inherent dignity, worth, and unique unique attributes of every person. For this situation, I thought that the provision would encompass three main aspects. First, it recognizes that despite the fact that the husband has been unconscious for an extended period of time, he's still a human that deserves to be cared for with respect and kindness. Meaning that we should always greet him when in the room and explain any procedures before they're done. Second, the provision reminded me that we need to recognize that every patient and their family are unique individuals and that in many cases we may find that we do not share the same beliefs and values that are helping to shape their own decisions. But despite this, we have to respect what they decide and not let our own belief system affect the care that we will provide. Lastly, the provision means that we should strive to provide support to the wife during this life-altering time. It means that we recognize that neither option she faces is optimal, yet we still provide her with the information on both as to respect the worth of her final decision. In any situation, the provisions that make up the code of ethics are there to guide us through both easy and difficult situations that we'll inevitably face. In this scenario that we faced, respect for person and dignity was especially important as one of the main individuals could have easily been overlooked.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like you said, I think that provision one was really helpful in helping me decide what course of action I would take in this situation. Um, Each person's situation is different and we should treat every patient and family individually. Um, So not all patients along with their families will respond in the same way. So it's important to individualize our care as well as show a lot of compassion in these hard situations. So I also looked at provision three, um, and I thought this was important because it states that the nurse advocates for the health, safety, and rights of the patient. So in this situation, although it is never easy to lose a loved one or make this hard decision, if the patient is having no quality of life, you kind of have to outweigh um, your choices that you have at hand. And so, again, we advocate for a patient's health and well being. And in my opinion, this kind of relates to that. Amelia, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I
0: personally think that ethical situations
2: in healthcare can often be like really tough on everyone involved, just because these situations usually aren't black and white and everyone responds differently and has different beliefs and different values. Um, I think you guys both brought up really good points and I completely agree that those are important provisions that I would also use. Um, I think another important one is provision two, which states that the nurse's primary commitment is to the patient, whether to the patient, whether an individual, family, group, community, or population. Um, So I think just putting all judgment aside, like the patient should be the center of your care and providing and advocating for that patient's needs is very essential. So kind of going off like similar to, I think, provision three of what you said. Um, In situations like this where the patient is unresponsive and unable to talk um, and communicate his wishes, I think it's our responsibility to the patient to try and figure out um, what his wishes might have been. So I would maybe start by talking to the wife and letting her um know that her feelings are very valid and seeing if like they maybe ever talked about their wishes so like if she knows like what he would have wanted in this situation so I think doing so may help her realize that she's not letting her husband down but rather following his wishes um, of what he would have wanted um but I think as long as the patient's alive um, still, you know, their heart's still beating, they're still alive, whether they're declining or not, it's our responsibility of the nurse to provide care for that patient. Um, and that should be our primary focus and to always treat the patient like, um, they're going to get better because you never know miracles do happen. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like Amelia said, ethical situations are super difficult, um, including this specific situation for the assignment. I think that all three provisions that have been mentioned are super important to consider. Provision one is great because it recognizes that all people are different um, and each person has unique aspect, aspects that uh, that need to be considered. Um, provision two is ext- extremely important because it recognizes that not only will the decision have an impact on the patient, but everyone else involved in the patient's life And provision three has um, been something that, as nurses, is one of our primary roles. Not only are we caretakers, but we're also advocates for our patients. A provision that really stood out to me, other than the three previously mentioned, is provision four, going right down the list. Um, Provision four states that the nurses have authority, accountability, and responsibility for nursing practice, um, makes makes decisions, and takes actions consistent with obligation to provide optimal patient care. Um, since day one of nursing school, we've been focused on patient-centered care and doing what's best for the patient. With this being said, I would explain both options to his wife in the fullest with my, within my scope of practice and help his wife through whichever she chooses. Um, whichever situation she chooses, I would maintain optimal patient care and hold myself accountable with all this being said, I think that choosing one provision is really hard because the situation takes into account many, if not all, the provisions.
0: Yeah, so I totally agree. I think that everyone gave really great insight on what you would do in this situation and which of the Code of Ethics provisions you would use. Um, So aside from the Code of Ethics provisions, the ethical decision-making model can also be very helpful in making critical decisions such as this. So the model includes assessing, analyzing, planning, implementing, and evaluating each patient's scenario. So it's important to do this for each individual patient. Um, I believe that if we can incorporate this decision-making model, as well as some of the codes of ethics, then um, we can really provide great care for our patients. So Mackenzie, I'm going to go back to you. Um, I believe that your group found an article that was also kind of helpful in backing up what you would do in this situation. Could you tell me about this?
1: Yeah. So my group looked at an article titled Code Status Discussions and Goals of Care Among Hospitalized Adults. This was based on a study that interviewed 135 adults to gauge their understanding of CPR and probable outcomes in comparison to their identified code status. The article really helped us to understand that many adults, especially in the elderly population, do not truly understand the information that is guiding their decisions on their desired code status. Many of these individuals were originally a full code, meaning that they wanted all extraordinary measures to be attempted to sustain life but their code status changed once they understood the realistic and probable outcomes of undergoing such measures in fact the study found that only 18.1 percent of individuals undergoing these such as cpr survived to discharge and of those only 13.9 percent were discharged with favorable neurologic function this article helped our group to identify how lack of understanding can play a significant role in the ethical issues in corresponding decisions that these individuals and their family face regarding their end of life wishes. It showed us how as nurses, education is extremely important for us to provide to our patients so that they can truly make the correct decision for themselves in these types of situations.
2: So I found this article and thought it was quite interesting and that it brought up a lot of good points of how people sign consents and do not truly know what exactly it means and like what they're signing. Um, this article kind of showed that there's a large percentage of elderly who changed their mind about code status once they knew uh what it was after they were fully educated and what it entails. So I think that this like you said, really goes to show how important it is for us as nurses to educate our patients and make sure that they truly understand what they are agreeing to, not only just in like this situation, but any procedure or anything that they're consenting to, or just in day-to-day care. Um When I was a CNA, I remember a situation where a spouse didn't want to make their loved one uh, DNR because they felt like they were giving up on them and or like letting them down kind of in our scenario. Um, And then the loved one coded while the spouse is in the room. And like after all was said and done and the um, person didn't live or survive the code, the spouse said that she had no idea like how far we would go to try and save that person like what a full code situation really like was and afterwards she felt really guilty for putting her husband through that um so I think that that also goes to show like you know how we need to educate them because I think if she would have known like what that might have been it would have maybe changed her Like decision because before she felt guilty like she was letting him down but then after seeing everything he had to go through and like all the pain that it probably put him through she felt guilty Um, so I do know that there's like other options out there that are like called full codes with exceptions or partial codes um, that are just where you can use like life sustaining measures to save someone's life without compression so like you just use like medication so you can always like educate patients and their family members on things like that as well
0: yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that this is crazy. Um, Jennifer, do you have anything to add to this?
3: Yeah, this article is like kind of shocking to me when I read it. Uh, through nursing school, we've had the importance of patient education kind of like drilled into our brains because that's a huge part of what we do. But so many people are still not informed on such a difficult decision. Uh, the article stated that only... Uh, 30.4% of the patients that participated agreed that during hospitalization, my doctor discussed with me whether I would want CPR in case my heart stopped beating or lungs stopped breathing, which would mean I was dying. Um, And 30.4% is not a big percentage at all. So we just can't assume that people understand code status. Um, The first step of the ethical decision-making model is collecting information and then stating the options. But how are we supposed to work with the patients and create a plan when the first two steps of this model aren't accomplished?
0: Yeah, so I totally agree with you. Um, I think that if we can use this model as well as our code of ethics and, you know, just our background situations, then I think that we can really make some good decisions and hopefully make the right ones. Um, There may not always be a right or wrong Decision there, but, you know, at least we can try. But I just want to thank you all for sharing your thoughts. And um, I think that if we can carry all this information, like I said, and the skills that we have um, into our future career of nursing, then we'll do some really great things. So thank you guys for sharing.